0: All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the So Weird podcast, episode ten. Unfortunately, Zach couldn't make it this time, but I am Kat. I'm Kathy, and I'm Emily. And today we are talking about So Weird season one, episode ten, Tulpa. This one is one of my all-time favorites because it's one that I can actually remember watching for the first time as a little kid. In this episode, the Phillips tour bus is parked at a park, of all places. And we open up with Jack, Fee, and Clue playing a game of basketball. The guys don't really want Fee to play, so Fee meets this kid named James, invites him to play. He's reluctant. He doesn't want to play with them, and as it turns out, the reason why he doesn't want to make friends with Fee is because he has an imaginary friend. At first, thinks that this imaginary friend is psychokinesis, that it's just being able to move things around with his mind. But it turns out that he has this imaginary friend with powers who gets Fee into trouble. We get to see Big Brother Jack, and it's a lovely, lovely little episode. Yeah,
1: um, watching it again recently, um, I did actually understand why people get scared of this one because before, whenever I would watch it, um, it wasn't scary to me at all. But um, just seeing it and... How the Topa would react to some things. Like the scene that got to me the most was when James was in the bus, and I think he was trying to leave the bus, but the Topa like shut the window quickly, and uh, that's just scary. Like just think about like an invisible demon basically following you around and hurting people around you. Yeah, yeah. It's a,
2: uh, well, I was just gonna say it's a very physical monster, and uh, it kind of creeps me out. The the red mark that it leaves on Fee's arm is a little disturbing. I'm surprised they got away with that.
0: Oh, I know. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> the it looks like Fee was a victim of domestic abuse. <laughs> exactly. The part that always got to me, though, was the scene at the end where Fee is trying to convince James that he has control over the topo. The topo doesn't have to control his life. And as Fee tells James that he can get rid of it forever. The Tulpa doesn't like that. So they're by a swing set, and the chain of the swing set unravels itself and then wraps around Fee's ankle and drags her towards it. I always thought that was terrifying because every kid likes swing sets, and for me to be afraid (laughs) of a swing set, I was like, whoa, this thing can kill me.
2: Yeah, it was some good acting on Kara's part to make it seem really scary when, in fact, she was moving pretty slowly through the...
0: Yeah, Land.
1: <laughs> when I, I mean, when I watch it now, she's like, it, it's getting pulled very, very slowly. She could easily get up. Yeah, and but you gotta the, love those special they, effects. Yeah, all the flashes, flashes, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I would say is that it's not an episode I enjoy watching very much because of the flashes. I think they're totally unnecessary and a little, little over the top.
0: I think it was probably a good special effect for the time, but now watching it, it seems so outdated and cheesy. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: but it's back then, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. back then, 1999. So, about James, I know um,
0: some people are okay with him, but some people really, really don't like him. How can you not like James? I mean, sure, he comes off as a little bit of a jerk, he throws Fee's basketball into the middle of the street. Okay, yeah, now I can see why you don't like James. <laughs> yeah, he was really, really rude in the
1: beginning. Kinda of mostly through the episode almost until about the end where we actually see why he's rude and yeah. how I'm guessing it's
0: just a front you know, it's a front to keep others away so he can't hurt them.
1: Yeah, that's but something I, Still, in the beginning, he's pretty rude.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was very rude in the beginning. But I was really touched by his story just because James lives with his grandmother in, like, a foster home. Because his grandmother wasn't able to take care of him at- anymore. So he didn't have any friends of his own. So he grew up in this foster home, and that's how his Tulpa got created. He felt like he needed a big brother, best friend type of character to protect him. And then his imaginary friend just got too powerful. And Mm -hmm. at the end, once Fee reached out to him and taught him that he could control it, that it wasn't all bad, you could see that he was a sweet kid inside. It was just a front.
1: So, hold on. Does James live with his grandma now? Uh, No, I think he had said before my grandma took me in. Oh. So So he grew up in foster homes, and then his grandma took him in. Oh,
0: okay. But...
2: Yeah, but then it doesn't actually say if he's still living with his grandma. And I've always wondered that because we see him hiding out under the playground. Yeah. And it's like he has yeah. his his stuff there. So does he actually live with his grandma or is he actually
1: homeless? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was just assuming that he was with his grandma, but he just went out a lot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I he's trying think- to protect his
0: grandma from the topo. I don't know. That's a good thing to think about.
2: Yeah. And so that always, you know, thinking about that, it kind of, if, if he really was homeless and he never actually said, Oh, I do live with my grandma. It, it kind of troubles me that at the end of the episode, the Phillips family doesn't investigate anymore because I'm sitting here like, what is this kid doing? (laughs) Hanging out in the playground all the time with his stuff underneath the slide.
0: <laughs> well, he has his backpack with him, so I always assumed that that was like his hangout spot after school, and that he'd just hang out in the park until dark when he had to go home. Yeah, possibly. That way he could spend as much time away from everybody else, just him and his sofa.
2: Yeah, he definitely yeah. needs a loner.
0: Yeah. and um, sweet that he reaches out. Yeah, and there's that
1: line that he tells Molly how my mom had a pretty voice, too. And then, oh, that just gets me. Because then Molly, yeah. her, you know, her reaction, like, he's dealing with the loss of a parent also. Or parents, I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's another kid who has a deceased parent. There's lots of those in the series.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like with all Disney series, there's always <laughs> parents. It's so weird we have a few more. Mm-hmm. So, moving on from James, another interesting character plot is between Jack and Fee in this episode.
1: Yeah, well, throughout the episode, I'm pretty much on Jack's side because, from Jack's perspective, James is just incredibly rude. He, being around him gets people hurt, especially Fee. She gets hurt like two times being around him. Yet, Fee just consistently. Keeps wanting to meet with him, and Jack just can't understand why, which is understandable. Yeah, total big brother
0: mode in this episode, and I love it. Yeah,
1: and he says that line: um, "Is it so hard to let me look after you now and then? Why can't you trust me?"
0: Yeah, and then Fee kind of throws it right back in the face about, "Oh, I know this kid's not that bad. Why can't you just trust me?"
1: Yeah, yeah. Dynamic here
0: is really sweet
2: hmm and it's more mature. I feel like they come to an understanding at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, the line from Jack about it being is it so hard to let me look after you every now and then? That always felt like Jack the Knight was coming out, like yes. this is my job, this is my destiny. <laughs> and <laughs> then also at you. the
0: end of the episode too, in that scene that terrified me as a kid, where the swing set wraps around Fee's ankle there's a tree branch that's about to fall on her and Jack runs over and pushes her out of the way and saves her. So Jack was her savior, his her knight once again.
1: Yeah, and then um th- there's a scene with Jack and Molly where uh I, I think Molly wants to go look for Fee because she ran off again, but Jack's like it's okay, I got it under control, you have something to do. And so Jack's always there for Molly too, you know. He's like yes.
0: the man of the house who of the bus. <laughs> I remember years ago on my original YouTube channel, this is about 10 years ago now, in 2006, 2007. I wish I could remember the song, but there was this music video I did for Jack, all about the theme about how he's always the one going after Fee, taking responsibility for Molly and for Fee's well being. While they're busy dealing with their personal problems, Jack is always putting himself on the line to take care of everybody. And that's something I really admire about him.
1: Definitely true. And then he has a scene with Ned, which is a really
0: cool scene where
1: uh, Jack's trying to tell Ned, like, oh, I can't believe that Fee's just going after this guy again. And um, Ned's like, oh, what, it's her hunch against your hunch. And then Ned goes on describing himself, how he was back then, like in the Harley Davidson biker club or whatever, <laughs>
0: with long hair and all that. And he's like,
1: you know, what would your hunch be about me
0: back then? I love that scene because it makes Jack laugh about it for a minute. And then he thinks, wait, this is true. And you get to hear a little bit more about Ned's backstory, about how he used to be so wild, which seems like it matches the way he looks. But you always see Ned as such a gentle person. He's like a giant teddy bear. Like he's, in this episode, he's chilling out on the couch listening to classical Mozart? (laughs) A carrot. That way you think of a biker. (laughs) So I love to hear that backstory about Ned. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, but that's a good scene, just like, you know, don't judge too quickly, even though I do agree with Jack on how he was judging James, because, you know, he was just, he didn't show any compassion. Yeah. Also,
0: um, something that bothers me is, I'm not sure how many people picked up on this, but in the season two episode, season one, episode two website, there's an email from Jack's weird friend named Biker Mike. (laughs) And we've never found out who Biker Mike is. But that scene with Ned talking about his biker past, uh, telling Jack, oh, what would you have thought about me? Apparently Jack has a biker friend. I don't know if he's really riding like a Harley Davidson or just like a bicycle and maybe he aspires to be a biker. (laughs) But somewhere in the So Weird universe, there is a guy who calls himself Biker Mike and I would really love to know his backstory.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of unknown characters that email them, like Hacker Dude. <laughs>
2: um, speaking of emails, there's a shot of Fee talking to Gabe in this episode that I don't think I'd ever really noticed before. And uh, we learned that Gabe says she's feeling better if you pay attention. So that's Ooh. nice. It's a nice little bit of continuity.
0: Yeah. I love pausing the episodes just to see the little tidbits that you find. Every right. detail is so well thought out in the series. It is.
2: That's um, actually, I just remember that's the scene where Fee teaches Molly about chat rooms. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's teaching her lingo, like episode. parties and all that. <laughs> She's like, "Why am I so old?" Or something. I know. Yeah.
0: How can I have like, a party on a computer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's hilarious looking back at it now, but I guess back in the day I was like, Wow, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. Oh, so about Fee. You know how I keep saying like how I'm on Jack's side, you know in the beginning and Fee's just so consistent about James and trying to reach out to him. It's because uh when the ball the basketball went in the street, she went to go get it. There was a car that almost hit her, but the Topa or James Topa pulled her out of the way and she knows that she got pulled by you know something well she was thinking it was James PK so she knows that you know he saved her he's a uh, he's good deep down so yeah that's her reasoning yeah. why he's trying to reach yeah. out but uh, she's trying to reach out to him
2: I think this is one of the first I don't know how often it happens but one of the first moments that the comes to the wrong conclusion about what's going on and it's really interesting and I guess, refreshing to see. You don't want the main character to be right all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. And, but the thing that, that, you know, bugs me a little bit and you know, it can be a character flaw. I'm cool with it. Is when James tries to explain to her what's happening, she's like, she blows him off.
0: I feel like we've seen this quality in Phoebe before in the episode escape when she's too busy talking Claire's ear off that Claire just falls asleep to go out of her body that she doesn't really listen to Claire when she's trying to tell her why she does it. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets so caught up in her own thinking that she accidentally overlooks the problem at hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. I don't think it's a character flaw at all. I think it's just she's she doesn't know anything about tulpas, so she kind of fits what's happening into her little, you know, knowledge box and says, oh, it must be PK because... That's something I or I think it's P.K. because that's something I know about. Mm-hmm. But um, she doesn't go out and do any more research until finally it hits her. <laughs> Literally, I guess
1: <laughs> um, yeah. something else could be going on. Yeah, that scene also like just bugged me a little bit because she kept saying, like, no, you're
0: wrong. <laughs> kind of like a doctor not listening to their patient. No, I know what's wrong with you better than you do. But I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that adds to the realism of this show so much. Like these characters aren't like caricatures like you see on most TV shows. They feel like real authentic people.
2: Yes. And actually that ties into another point I wanted to make about this episode and the show at large is, um, you know, we see fee in this episode playing basketball, but you know, we would never say that fee is a tomboy. You know, she doesn't fit into that stereotype. She just enjoys playing basketball with her friends and her, her family. So I, I, I agree with you that the characters are well-developed. They don't, you know, they aren't, uh, caricatures. They have, and fee in particular has varied interests, but it's not treated as something that makes her special. The fact that she enjoys all these different things. You know, we see her getting into makeup and boy bands and also playing Mm -hmm. basketball on the side. So that's something I've always appreciated about her.
0: So she'll play basketball, but not baseball. Well, oh, wait,
1: never mind, never mind.
0: We'll talk about that on the episode. Yeah, come back to
1: singularity. mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, in that basketball scene, um, when James, like, finally decides to play. Um, Jack says like okay James you're with me and um, I forgot what James says back but he's saying like oh why and Jack says well it's because you two are smaller and yeah. I like that like it's it's a fair reasoning they didn't make a joke about it or anything like that
0: yeah, yeah and it's, it's not, not that thoughtful.
2: yeah and it's not that he's a girl either you know yeah. <laughs> not brought up
0: yeah, and then also, I really liked how they didn't capitalize on Clue's height like they could have. Like, the stereotype is that tall people are good at basketball, but you can see Clue struggling a little bit, and when Fee asks them if they could play two-on-one, Clue says no. Yeah, basically, so weird is awesome. <laughs> yes. And also talking about Clue, we get some Clue and Fiona scene time, which I have always thought that... Fee and Clue should have had a relationship beyond friends. And looking back, like it's hard to justify that now because of how little screen time they actually got together.
1: Yeah. Wait, what was their screen time in this app? Ep- Playing uh, Chinese, the Chinese checkers. checkers. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's a nice little scene. It's li- it's another nice snapshot into life on the road, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, about Fee and Clue, like if I were to think about ships on the show. I think that's one of the ones that I actually liked. But, um, I know that we all like how they didn't capitalize on Fee and relationships in the show, so I do like that they didn't make okay. her and Clue together. But, if I were to just think about it, that would be cool. I know some people don't like that, because Clue lives with them, so some people see Clue as like Fee's other big brother.
0: Hmm. I never thought of it like that. But that's a good point.
2: And isn't Chloe three years older than Faye?
0: I don't know. Yeah, because Jack's two years older than Faye.
2: But I guess when I was younger, I did kind of see something between them. Not romance, but, you know, they had a connection. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm kind of torn about it too because I know you know we'll get into this I guess someday but that was a possibility at some point that was discussed between the writers of Fee and Clue getting together or uh, there being a payoff I guess for their connection and chemistry and all that um, but you're right yeah I, I also kind of wish that Fee had never ended up with anyone at the same time to show that her relationships aren't that important
0: in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And I just think it's interesting because I saw that as a child. But looking back on the episodes now, like, they don't get much screen time together. So I'm wondering, like, what is it that I picked up on when I was younger?
1: I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm guessing because he's, he compared to Jack, he's willing to listen to a few more. Yeah, that's true. That's probably it.
2: Mm-hmm. Plus, it's Eric Von Detten. And <laughs> most of us had crushes on him back then.
0: Yeah, I think very true. Think. Which is another thing I love about so weird that it never capitalizes on Eric Von Detten's looks or popularity. Even when he came back in season three, he was never used as a heartthrob character, and I really admire that about the show's writers. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, All right, so we've talked about Fee, we've talked about Jack, we've talked about Clue. Now, oh, and we talked about Ned. How about we talk about Molly? Molly in this episode, well, I guess it's a few times where
1: I don't think Molly is, you know, that that great at being a mom, but just because she lets them out so much, like, traveling the city, and they're so young, and I just think, like, I can never, ever do that at that age. <laughs> but she's, yeah, Fee just came back from, like, the hospital or something, and I don't know, she still lets her, well, no, she makes her stay inside, but Fee escapes, but she I don't know, Molly's not that mad about it.
0: Well, she was pretty mad. She made that threat like, oh, I should get an electronic bracelet for that child. <laughs> something um, also interesting going on with Molly in this episode is that she is writing a new song at the end of the episode. And we only hear a few chords of it, but that song goes on to be She Sells. Yeah, and then we hear say, um, or Molly say that it's the revenge of her time when she wrote jingles. Yeah. So I always thought it was such a sweet little scene at the end to see Molly teach Jack and Fee how to play the song that she wrote.
2: Yeah, and you see the, the musical side of all the Phillips family members coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm fond yeah. of it, too.
0: It's such a cute Phillips family moment. Mm-hmm.
2: Plus, Fee's rocking the pigtail
1: buns again.
0: Yes, I love that that hairstyle on her. She had the (laughs) the long
1: pigtails throughout and then those short pigtail buns.
0: Oh, so 90s. (laughs) Yeah. My hair was too short then and too thick. I could never pull off the pigtail buns, but I always wanted to. trying to think of anything else about this episode we haven't discussed. There's a scene that Molly... Well, it's
1: the last scene of the episode, actually. Um, Molly is talking to Fee, and um, Fee saying how... No, Molly says, oh, you have interesting friends. And Fee says, I guess I'm lucky that way. And then Molly says, oh, kind of.
2: Yeah, it was just, you know, I I really didn't pay attention to it much until the last or, you know, just the other day when I was rewatching it. It's almost like Molly is aware of Fee's fate and that. You know, she draws the paranormal towards her. Well, not like lightning rod, but you know what I mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And how, you know, that's not always a good thing. So Molly wouldn't really consider her lucky. But something like that.
0: And then Molly also tells Fee something like, if you ever have a daughter, I hope she's just like you. And when Emily mentioned that earlier, my first thought was, Oh, what a beautiful chance that would give us for a girl meets world style revival. I know. Oh, I, I always think about that, like a
1: reboot can be Fee when she's older and she has her child and it's just a continuation, like Rick and then Fee into the paranormal and then the new child. Yeah.
2: Guys, I think we're going to have to have an, a whole episode devoted to ideas for like reboots and revamps <laughs> and stuff for this show. Because I have a bunch of them.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Actually, I checked my old email address and I got a review or like a favorite on a fan fiction for original season three that I wrote when I was like 13. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One day I need to go back and finish it.
2: What did they say? <laughs>
0: I don't remember. I just I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw that somebody like left there was a review and a favorite for it. And at first I couldn't remember what it was and then I was like, "Oh, that's that so weird story I wrote years ago." Um
1: also I wanted to bring up um in the end, Jack tells James like, "Oh, that email he gave you, um it's the same for me or you can contact me through that." And I always thought it was odd that they share an email like I don't know if that was the type of network thing that they had and they can only have one email or or,
0: I don't know why didn't Jack have an email (laughs) I don't know it was like everybody just used Fee's email like even in season 2 Avatar Carrie was using Fee's email to get in touch with Tammy oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like maybe the internet was considered so new at that time That V was the only one geeky enough to regularly use it? Possibly. Um,
2: Okay, so they get their email through Earthlink, is that right?
0: Yeah, earthlink.net or something.
2: Is that like an internet provider? Because I remember when I was younger, we had one, I think we could only get one email account through our internet provider, and for some reason, I don't know if it was like the general consensus or the the feeling or just for my parents, but there was this idea that getting an email through an internet provider was maybe more secure than getting it through like Hotmail or
0: Yahoo or one of those websites. So maybe that's why. I don't know. I always thought Earthsend was a fictional one, like star dot star, just to like avoid copyright issues or something. Oh, yeah. I don't
2: think it was real, but I'm just saying maybe that... I don't know. That's the only excuse I could come up for them sharing emails.
0: Yeah, because in those days, we had AOL, and everybody had an email address except for my mom because my mom wanted nothing to do with the internet. So anytime (laughs) she needed something, she would just use my dad's. (laughs) Oh, early internet days. (laughs) Even Um, now, she doesn't want to use the internet. She'll just sign up my sister or me up for something and then we get all the spam for the stores that she likes to shop at because she just can't using the internet hmm. so i think maybe that feeds into it um i was gonna say about topas
1: i haven't heard about that phenomenon in any other things but then again i haven't really watched other like supernatural shows but um I think
0: there's another Supernatural
1: show that talked about tulpas.
0: There was. They show Supernatural. Ah. (laughs) In season one of Supernatural, they had this Hell House episode where they think that there's a tulpa inside of a haunted house. And it started out as a fake story about why a house was haunted, but so many people believed in the fake story that it became a real haunting. Oh, so, their only solution to stop the haunting was to burn down the house. Did I that don't work? remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it did work because the house was the myth itself. So, once the house is burned down, the myth died with it. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's good that you brought that up because I remember, um, or
2: it's good that you brought up Tulpas in general. I remember when this episode was up on So Weird TV the YouTube channel that had all the episodes up. Mm-hmm. There were like hundreds of comments on this episode uh, from people who claimed that they had tulpas and they did not appreciate the way this show was representing them.
0: Really? Uh, yeah. That sounds so interesting.
2: It really was, but now you can't see the comments because all the videos have been taken down. Uh. Um, <laughs> wow. But I looked it up on Wikipedia do do you all remember when all those videos were taken down?
1: Because I remember I would show them on Tiny Tiny Chat. YouTube. Okay, the the uh, form hasn't so, been around that long.
0: Yeah, it, it was well, around. There 2013? were episodes have been taken taken off YouTube like in cycles, and then they would have to repost them. Oh, okay. Well, I think like when they finally deleted them all, it was around twenty
1: thirteen, twenty fourteen.
2: Okay, because it, I thought it was a little later than, yeah, 2008. The Wikipedia page says that there was, like, a an emergence of Tolpa in popular culture around 2009 um, from a discussion on 4chan, and it also gained popularity through the emergence of My Little Pony. What? So I'm wondering if all the comments I saw were from My Little Pony fans. Mm. <laughs>
0: That sounds wow.
2: Yeah, if you wanna, it's a little (laughs) colorful. So if you wanna hear more about it, I'd go to the Wikipedia tulpa page.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say maybe in the My Little Pony episode they weren't evil. (laughs) Um,
2: Well, it's uh, I guess I should've been more specific. It's My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic, so it's not just My Little Pony.
1: Well,
0: isn't that the show, though? Like, the full name of the show? Yeah. That's
1: the new rev- revival of the show. Um,
0: but it's still... Isn't it meant for kids?
1: Oh, cats. The storylines are, I guess, not that simple. I mean, it has a big fan base, I'm guessing, for a reason.
2: But, Is that um, why they're bromides? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, if you learn <laughs> more about it, go, go <laughs> on Wikipedia. I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. And more weird than so weird. hmm So getting back we- to the TV show, so <laughs> weird, and our episode, Tulpa, which there are no magical ponies, thank God. Do you have anything else to say? I guess if I were to rate it now, I enjoyed it now more
1: than I have seen it I mean, in the past. But I don't know, maybe because there's a thunderstorm and it was dark and gloomy and I was more into it. But I guess I would rate it a... Uh, 7 out of 10. That's what I would give it. Or
0: 6. 6. <laughs> Emily? Oh,
2: I don't do ratings. You know that cat. She doesn't do ratings. Except the rating. for yeah. last episode. Last episode, I gave a rating. Uh, I really liked this episode. I appreciate it, particularly for the way it develops Jack and Bee's relationship and continues the development uh, that carries throughout season 1. And I like. Um, I guess it was a little spooky. I like the shot of like the the tennis shoes tying together and the scene at the end, as you said. So it, it it's an episode that brings back some uh, nice memories, I guess, of watching it.
0: Yeah, I think I would give it like a 7.5. And it gets that extra 0. .5 for me for the terror factor because I can still vividly remember the nightmare I had of this episode where I was dragged by swing set chains into the ocean. So it gets fear points for that. Plus, I love love the Jack and Fee relationship. And I was always really impressed by the finger painting in the opening of Fee's monologue, because as a child, I always wanted to finger paint, but (laughs) I never had any finger paints. So I love seeing that opening. Yeah, I like that opening, too.
2: I like it, too, but it actually reminds me of uh, an episode of Doctor Who called, oh, gosh, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's really bad. If you've <laughs> seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about, and it, it's actually similar to this one because the kids' drawings come to life, hmm. uh, so I, 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 I used to like the opening, but now it just brings back bad <laughs> Doctor Who memories. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Alright, so we got some comments on the Rebecca episode that we did last time so I'll go ahead and read those. Uh, We got one from Laura Small. She said, I remember this episode when I first watched. I was hoping for a happy ending and I felt cold after it ended. And I must have been a heartless 13 year old because I was annoyed with Molly through the episode." Time passed and now I love this episode. It's scary how relatable it is because I too had a close friend that left suddenly. Just one day she stopped responding to my texts and my Facebook posts. Four years later and I still don't know what happened and I feel like contacting her at this point would be harassing her. I'm kind of glad we never got the happy ending between Molly and Rebecca in season three. It just would have cheapened the end of this episode. It would, would have been a bit invalidating for me. But great episode. I agree on the 10 out of 10 rating
0: yeah that was a really good comment mm-hmm. i never thought about it cheapening uh potential molly rebecca reunion cheapening this episode so that's a really good point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i've thought about that and i agree
1: like just bringing her back I, I don't know this episode was so good on its own
0: yeah
2: yeah and you know i didn't realize that they were actually planning on maybe bringing her back. I thought it was just that she was going to talk to Jack and not see Molly. But you're right. There was something in one of the, the articles or the questionnaires about that. And I agree. I, I would not have liked to her to reunite with Molly, mm-hmm. unfortunately, sadly. That's why
1: <laughs> I also don't like in Avatar when Molly like knows about the emails from Rebecca. Yeah. But her memory gets wiped, so I guess she still doesn't remember. Um, so our other comment is from um, Geth117, or Jeth. Um, I don't know why, but this episode always scared me as a kid for some weird reason. Even today, it kind of freaks me out and also makes me sad a bit, too, especially at the end. But I guess at, at the same time, this is the episode that's my favorite and the one I always
0: remember. Aww.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I, you know, there is something kind of scary about it. I think that Rebecca's parents are... Or scary. (laughs) Like when she turns around and he like growls, Rebecca. uh -uh." That always kind of freaks
1: me (laughs)
0: out.
1: So I understand. Um, Yeah. But me personally, I've never been scared of it. Me neither. Um, And we also got another comment on Tumblr from the URL, very own personal blog. I just watched the podcast episode of Rebecca. I always thought Rebecca's parents allowed her to see Molly Just look at her one last time before they drove out of town. Now that I think about wait, now I think Rebecca snuck away from her parents with the intention to see Molly, but changed her mind because Molly said everything she needed to say to Rebecca in the song. I can't wait until you guys do lost. That's my fave. It's not their best to be honest, but I can connect
0: to it on a personal level. Oh. That's just like a punch in the gut to hear that the song Rebecca was everything that Molly needed to say to her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. that's oh, has gotta hurt for Rebecca. Yeah, but Rebecca's heard the song
1: already, though. But yeah, but maybe still seeing it in person. Yeah, in person, way different impact. Yeah,
2: which is something we didn't talk about last episode is how different um, the version on the album sounds from the live version at the end. It's so much more powerful mm-hmm. at the end of mm-hmm. the episode.
1: So Laura also commented. Um, she asked, is it possible that they aren't releasing the DVDs because of the Mackenzie Phillips controversy and Disney doesn't want to associate with her, though I think she was in some DCOMs, uh, Disney Channel original movies.
0: Yeah, that's not true. Because they during the celebration for 100 DCOMs, they put Double Teamed up there and Double Team starred Mackenzie Phillips in it too. Yeah, and currently right now
1: she has a voice acting role in a new Disney XD show called "Um, Milo Murphy's Law." So yeah, definitely not true. Yeah, just, but Disney doesn't want to release DVDs because they just
0: don't want to <laughs> because they're mean. And John from the Watch Disney care team. Your title <laughs> is a lie. You do not care about my request for so weird. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I want Laura to know that, you know, that, that I, you know, that's been something that's been brought up in the Phantom in the past. So, uh, but now we know that that's just can't be true because Disney has hired Mackenzie Phillips again.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: uh, you know, not not a bad uh, idea at all, um, or not a totally invalid thought. Mm-hmm. I guess we could say, uh, since we were talking about the DVDs and all that, that unfortunately, mm-hmm. Freeform has stopped their that so throwback uh, block. So now the chances of So Weird being shown on television again anytime soon are pretty much zero
0: especially now that it's October and once again, Disney channel has neglected to include so weird in it's monstober lineup. Mm -hmm. Um, What about that app that you had talked about? The watch Disney app thing, the watch Disney app, they've actually gotten rid of their replay section. So they no longer show any of the older shows.
2: Yeah. And in their monstober section, they don't have the Halloween episodes for old shows either. And I checked Freeform's Watch app, too, and there's nothing on there.
0: So once again, Disney, you disappoint me.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's not to say they won't bring up some type of thing to play old shows. But I can't, I don't know, I can't see them creating a
0: new channel for old
1: shows. I think Nickelodeon did that.
0: Well, Nickelodeon half did that when they took Nick gas and they made it Teen Nick and they created the nineties are all that block. So that starts at like 10 PM and it runs like four o'clock in the morning where they show old shows. Yeah. I'd be
1: grateful for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like Disney channel used to do that in the days of zoo Disney when so weird was on air at nighttime, they would have this vintage Disney block where they would show stuff from like the fifties. And much earlier material for, like, the grown-ups to watch after the kids went to bed. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if they brought that back only for Zoom Disney and that era. Like, so weird. Jack's Jackson, the jersey.
2: I just don't understand why they won't at least release the episodes on iTunes for these old shows. How much does it cost
1: them to do that? Like, I feel like they would earn money. Yeah, they would.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I understand why they don't want to release DVDs for it. Um, And I don't think they ever will, unfortunately, at this point. But iTunes, just do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. it can't cost that much at all.
1: Nope. And then we get um, off your back. I had also sent them an email like a few months ago. Yeah, basically it was just me asking them to release it in any format. And then they're like, oh... We're interested in the idea of a re-release for the show. Mm -hmm. And we'll let our team know.
0: Yeah, that's the same standard reply. (laughs) I've been sending them emails for 10 years now. And still, (laughs) even when I thought I reached out to an actual human being, John from the Watch Disney Care team, he said he understood my request. He said that they appreciated it. And there is still no so weird on the Watch Disney app. John from the Watch Disney Care team. Your title is a lie. But <laughs>
2: it's, it's it's interesting, Kathy, that they told you that it was um, they'd consider it for re-release when it has never been released in any format. Yeah, that's yeah. why
0: <laughs> It's just an automatic response. Boo. Okay, so um, another comment from Laura on
1: our episode five one for Escape. She said, This was the first episode I watched. I missed the first few episodes on its first airing because I was never home. I watched it with my sister. She was annoyed though the show was a dumb teen show until the girl walked through Fee, Then she'd also catch the episodes. As for season 3, I didn't like it but I liked Annie as a character. If they had gone with their original plan for season 3, I wouldn't have minded if she joined the cast and became a friend to Fee." He was always hanging out with the guys, and it would have been nice for her to have another girlfriend, I mean a girl around. This may or may not have to do with the fact that I ship Annie and P, even though they were only one episode
0: together, also changed that Panther story so it's not so awkward. <laughs> That's a really interesting take that I've never thought of before.
1: Yeah, I've never thought of Annie being a part of the Season 3 plot. Yeah. I mean, mainly because she wasn't originally, but... I never thought of her joining it.
0: Well, I kind of did in that fan fiction that I mentioned earlier that I wrote when I was 13. I kind of made it a mesh up of the original season three and season three that we got. But when I mentioned Annie, it was like in an alternate universe that Fiona was trapped in and like a universe where she gave up. And I basically made the season three that we got an alternate reality.
2: It Mm. sounds like you made it hell. (laughs)
0: I mean, it, 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 it the, kind of was, like, Rick Ryu transported there as some sort of nefarious plots. I need to go <laughs> look at that story again. It's probably horrible because I wrote it when I was 13, but one day I would love to be able to finish it and make it better.
2: I don't know. I think that if they rebooted the show, there probably would be a lot of fans that would want Annie to be part of it. Yeah. But, but, uh, just she, to me, she just doesn't fit. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been looking to see if anyone's been writing so weird articles this month. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of websites talking about Halloween shows yet.
0: Hmm. And I feel like Halloween is getting less and less popular each year. What? Like, every year there are less kids trick-or-treating in my neighborhood. Oh. Uh, at least on the internet, it's still a big thing <laughs> Did I see.
1: But, yeah, that's true. About, I mean, it's getting more dangerous. Yeah.
2: Okay, oh,
1: especially so. with the clowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Especially because I want to give out candy this year. And I'm thinking, if a, a tall clown were to knock on my door, would I answer it?
0: <laughs> when a clown <laughs> knocks.
1: <laughs> okay, so she commented on our Angel episode. She said, it took me a while to remember this episode. It wasn't until you mentioned the sleep before the big needle line that I finally remembered it. It was very sweet, and yeah, it did remind me of Touched by an Angel. My mom used to make me watch that show. I was also raised Catholic. As far as bone marrow transplants, my mom had a cousin who had leukemia. He got a bone marrow transplant but did not survive the surgery not exactly sure what happened. I know he was in the late stages and nearly died before the transplant. I think his body rejected it, and he was already very sick and weak. So yeah, the transplant doesn't always work.
0: Oh, that's a sad story. That's I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's terrible.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just one of those where it might help or it might not.
0: Yeah, I think that just shows that so weird really impacts people on a deep personal level that it's so relatable and there's so many moments like that that people can find a connection with.
1: Yeah, they always touch on issues that were not problematic or controversial, but issues that other shows wouldn't talk about.
0: Yeah. Deep.
1: Okay, yeah. So I think those are most of the comments and thanks, Laura, for all the comments on, on all our podcast episodes. I'm glad you've been listening to them and hopefully enjoying them thank you so is that it
0: uh i guess so all right so this wraps up our discussion on tulpa thank you all for listening if you have any comments about the episode we would love to hear them and everybody keep emailing disney channel to bug them about releasing so weird and keep the faith i'm kat i'm kathy And I'm Emily. Bye.